Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press of Politics podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we've been uh, sitting in and listening to debate on day two of the uh, early November States meeting, a meeting called to uh, consider the budget and uh, today we've been focusing largely on property taxes, Matt. We have, uh, and we're, tonight we have to record this outside because we've been we've been kicked out. Whereas yeah. yesterday we were able to stay inside and do and this. And it's cold, so let's and make it this brief. <laughs> uh, so yes, um, property taxes. So there were there was more than one amendment from deputies trying to limit the increase proposed in in uh, in property rates next year. So. In other words, there would still be an increase above inflation, but a smaller increase than, than policy and resources has proposed. And to put this in the context, it's one of the ways in which uh, policy and resources have saw, uh, have seen fit to, um, to to rake in more money. In the absence of the GST, they've told us is necessary. Um, property taxes, you know, can compared to most parts of the world they're pretty low in guernsey so hiking them up there, there has already been for many years a uh, a policy of uh, putting them up by well above inflation um but at this point deputies are coming in with uh, motions to try and limit the extent of it yeah and and uh both of the amendments trying to limit the increases were defeated deputy dalal had a, a narrow defeat deputy roffey uh had a larger defeat but I thought what was most interesting about debates on property tax today was there was this proposal from Deputy Roffey to limit TRP increases in future years, li- limit them to no more than inflation, until the states had established a scheme to allow older homeowners with lower or fixed income to defer their TRP payments. So the, the idea would be, wouldn't be a, a requirement, but there would be an option for um, older homeowners to roll up their annual TRP payments and then uh, have them paid uh, ultimately out of their estate um, when they die. Now, I thought that that amendment had a reasonable chance of, of success because in the past there has been this general acceptance that yes, TRP is going to go up because it's one of the few levers the states have to increase much needed revenue but there would come a point where, particularly for low-income pensioners who are homeowners, uh, you know, the, the rate would become um, unaffordable and, and un, you know, unre- unreasonably unaffordable. But that amendment was defeated. I think he only got about eight votes for that. So eight, yeah, eight. There were two votes, eight for one vote and 12 for the other. Yeah, so uh, you know, that was a very heavy defeat. And I think in, in the whole kind of tax picture in Guernsey, that's quite significant because... What that implies is that the states are going to continue uh, you know, ramping up TRP rates and uh, everybody is just going to have to pay it. There isn't going to be this kind of deferral scheme for low-income, older homeowners. And I, I think that that's quite significant and could become quite a significant feature of, of future year's budget debates. Yeah, it's, it surprised me because you know, I've been covering debates now in the States for, uh, well, since 2006 and following them for a few years before that. And and this vision of uh, an, usually an elderly person living in a home that's been in their family for generations, um, who hasn't got a lot of money, but obviously is you know, um, resident in, a, in a, a, a property that will attract a high rate of TRP, is one that has been um, mentioned many, many, many times before. And this seems to be the first time 
that um, a, a group of deputies has consciously decided to move away from the sanctity of that. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Of course, we do have to await the final votes on uh, all of these um, proposals that are, whether they've been tinkered with or not during this, this debate. Um, it'll all have to go uh, come out in the wash, as it were, at the end of end of it. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Deputy Delisle, much closer with his. And another surprise to me, in a way, because ultimately what Deputy Delisle was coming to the States with was a, was a bunch of proposals to um, significantly increase property taxes well above inflation. But the, the reason he was doing it um, is because uh, he, he was aiming for it to be just a little bit less harsh than what's in the budget. He was just being very careful to just uh, just tweak it down a little bit, just dial it down, which is why he came so close, but he still didn't quite manage it. And really it was on the basis that um, it was going to bring in, uh, I think, six or seven hundred thousand pounds less um, each year, and the argument was, we're, we're, what are we going to cut in, in the current circumstances if uh, we allow that to happen? So he narrowly lost that one. Um, it wasn't all property taxes, though, today, was it? There's uh, one or two other um, um, items that we had a look at. Um, the, we, the one that we've just finished with uh, is to do with microbreweries. So we probably should have led with that because that's a, clearly a very important thing. You know, as an ale enthusiast myself, um, producers of, small, of alcohol on a small scale locally are not going to be subject to the same excise duties if uh, um, this is indeed agreed upon at the end of this debate um, because of an amendment brought by Deputy Prowl. Well, there's going to be an investigation. The amendment directs policy and resources to report back by next summer, uh, having investigated whether to introduce um, lower excise duties for microbreweries. Um, I think that may have, have been a proposal that came to the States once previously during this term, unsuccessfully, but, but deputies have now uh, approved the investigation. But where, where the Policy and Resources Committee is going to find the time over the next, what, six or seven months um, to, to carry out this investigation and produce proposals, I'm not sure. But uh, it was fairly convincingly um, approved by the state, so, so PNR now has that direction to, to carry out the investigation. That was one of only, I think I'm right in saying, two amendments uh, which have come from outside PNR and have been successful so far. So uh, the other one, was at the end of play yesterday uh, while we were recording our podcast very late on the states um, approved a an amendment from deputy lindsay de summary to um, basically to equalize the way in which um, uh, employment related uh, benefits transport benefits are treated so at the present time um, motoring benefits like the use of a car or subsidised or free parking aren't treated as a benefit in kind and therefore don't attract income tax. But if an employer was to provide a bicycle or a bus pass, that would be treated as a benefit in kind and would attract income tax. And she won an amendment to bring um, non-motorised uh, transport benefits, employment benefits, into line with uh, motorised benefits. That all sounds a bit complicated. I probably haven't... It sounds like a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. well, that's what climate concerns. Did it go... Was it gone through on the nod? Pretty yeah, much uh, I, there was some debate about it, but um, it, it was, it was uh, convincingly um, approved, although a majority, slightly oddly, a majority of the members of the Policy and Resources Committee voted against it. I think there were only four votes against, and three of them were members of PNR. 
uh, the, the end of that, actually, the, the, the electronic voting system wasn't working properly again. And eight or nine members were unable to record their votes. They, they do have problems with that electronic voting system now and then, don't they? Yeah, well, um, they may uh, have it tested a little bit more than usual tomorrow because uh, the, uh, the final discussion that took place today was about uh, when they're going to get this meeting finished because um, we, we came to this meeting expecting it to be four days long. Uh, the bailiff rather early on in proceedings uh, did point out to members that the uh, space in which they hold these parliamentary discussions is actually required for court use on Friday and it is actually officially a three-day meeting so therefore should finish tomorrow Thursday um, but uh, we've uh, just been uh, chatting with deputies coming out of here and um, uh, and, and officials here and the, the general feeling seems to be that they are inevitably just going to have to sit on Friday after all. Um, the bailiff is not uh, available for much of the day uh, the deputy bailiff is also unavailable for part of the day um, uh, so then that would mean the uh, presiding officer would have to be one of the more experienced members of the House. There are three on that particular list. Um, Deputy Roffey, who is actually bringing a really major policy letter to the state, so can't do it during that uh, social security contributions part of it anyway. Uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott, and um, who is actually flying off, we believe, on Friday on, on business. Um, and Deputy John Gollop, who's, I think, declared himself uh, not fit for uh, that particular role. He's uh, been suffering this week uh, with an ailment of some kind. Um, so we might find ourselves sort of scrabbling around for a presiding officer. Are you free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Deputy Roffey, uh, by um, exclusion of all the other options, might find himself presiding. Now, I think I'd have to check the rules tonight, but I think, I mean, certainly when the bailiff or the deputy bailiff are presiding, uh, obviously they don't vote. But I think... Um, I just think the rules provide for the presiding officer not to vote. So if a deputy is called in to preside, I don't think he, he because it would be a he, is uh, going to be able to vote. And if there are some quite significant votes to be taken on Friday, that could be quite controversial. If we have Deputy Lyndon Trott in the chair, do you think we might see a, a late proposal by uh, Deputy Fairbrush that they go ahead and have the motion of no confidence after all? <laughs> or am I being a bit uh, naughty on that one? I don't know. Well, we, we shall see. Anyway, uh, we whatever still, happens tomorrow. We, we've still got the, the major debate in this budget debate to come, haven't we? Oh, the education. Uh, after, yeah, well, let's keep that for After let's keep two days, we still haven't got to the to the most significant debate there is another amendment about um about funding the education project which has come in late today and, and will presumably now be be covered tomorrow um so i think t tomorrow we're going to, to, to the, the debates will focus on um a proposal to increase first registration duty on vehicles to keep bus fares down uh, the taxation paid by the lieutenant governor and then uh, whether to go ahead with the, um, the the education project, which was defunded a few weeks ago. So qu quite major business still to be taken uh, at this state's meeting. Yeah, there is indeed. And uh, whether it takes one day or two, we'll be here listening across it and bringing you uh, all the news of what has transpired. But uh, from us for now, that's all. Good night. Good night.